Destroy All Children is a website just for you If playing with video games is what you like to do Or riding your brain with comics and first run movies too We've got a great selection of news and reviews So search us out on the web, you just won't get enough Of all our digital madness and other fancy stuff We'll also make you laugh until your tummy's feeling buff Destroy All Children you should go there now. Yeah. Hello, and welcome to Destroy All Children, the podcast about mostly video games, I guess. I'm Larry Davis. With me is George Brendel, as always. Hi. Hi. I'm George. Hi, I'm Larry. Yep. <laughs> we have somebody else, though, don't we? Should I wait for an introduction, or should I just go? No, we we have with us the great Thomas uh, of LaserDisc.Party for a very special episode. Hey, y'all. It's, uh, it's me, Thomas, from the internet. That's right. Famous from the internet. Uh, so... The original plan here was that this would be a quarantine movie special where we talk about what movies we've been watching uh, during the virus. Uh, And then, despite me telling him this was the idea for the past two weeks, uh, about 30 minutes ago, George was like, I haven't been watching any movies. That's not fair. I've been watching Deep Space Nine, which is a lot like a movie. Those Uh, are about an hour long per episode, so if I watch two of them, that's like watching a movie. That's right. You watch one of the two-parters. I don't think that counts. No, it does not. The two-parters pretty much all suck. So, I mean, that's fair. You didn't say watch a good movie. Well, yeah. Fair. There's there's no rules. All all movies are good. That's right. It's like Outback (laughs) Steakhouse. No rules. Just right. No rules. Just right. That's right. Yeah. I've uh, a a true thing is that on my uh, letterbox, if you ever look on it. Um, damn near every movie is three stars or higher. It doesn't matter. They put a lot of work in. I want to give them, I want to give them credit for it. Also, I just like movies, so even if it's really bad, I'm like, you know what? That was that was fine. A one star sure. review. If you see a one star on Letterbox from me, that's gonna be a trash movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm actually generally pretty easy to please when it comes to movies too. Um, but you know, sometimes you just get a real trash fire. As I'll be talking about later on. First, though, news. Uh, first order of business. Last week we talked about DC continuing to put out comics throughout the uh, the outbreak pandemic, whatever you want to call it. And about twenty minutes after we recorded that, they reversed course and we're like, "No, we're we're just." We're gonna oh hold no! Off. I was about, I was about to say, "Good for them. That's really cool." But uh... no, it's actually not. Uh, because I that's so. re- I've assumed they'd be digital. They are. They they would be digital. But the thing is, that really screws over comic shops. Yeah. Because they can't oh, get yeah. any product at the moment, and then people would just go buy them digitally and not get the physical comics. Oh, I don't yeah. want to. Uh, I don't want to dox myself, but I I professionally uh, part of my job is talking to comic book shops. Oh. Um. So literally every day I talk to comic book shops um, all over North America. And uh, I learned some wild stuff about how they operate. So, like, if you want an alt cover for your comic book, they have to buy, like, hundreds of copies just to get that alternate cover. Yep. Um, and that sucks so much. 
Um, and to the point that I actually talked to a comic book shop that was like, look, if you want the cover that requires me to buy a hundred issues of this comic, you're going to pay for a hundred issues of this comic. Yeah. Cause it's I'm like, not, I'm not. Yeah. It, it'll be like, here's this Jim Lee sketch cover. It's a one in 1000 variant. So yeah. 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 My Small uh, comic book shop ain't buying that. Nope. My local comic shop is still open. Uh, which I guess they kind of have to be because looking down the barrel of this thing, he probably wants to sell as much as humanly possible. I just knock it out now. Yeah, but I mean, in general, everything here is way busier than it should be. But yeah, driving by that comic shop and seeing the door open and their open sign flashing like, man, it's not going to be that way for much longer. Well, do you happen to know there's this... a little video game shop that's open nearby? And I, I can't believe that that the local video game store is deciding mm -hmm. to still be open. George, do you happen to notice if your comic shop is like more based on you know like collected edition sales or something? Because that I could understand staying open. So it'd be like uh, people need stuff to read during quarantine. So no, like he mostly just has like a lot of bins of like loose issues and then a wall of stuff that just got released. Uh, there's a very small section for collected editions, so. I would not suspect that is where he's making all his money. Okay, he's screwed then. But Oh, uh, definitely. If, yeah, if he's like, got a bunch of long boxes of back issue stuff, that's not going to be great. No. Oh, no, that's like, uh, I would say that takes up about 80% of the real estate inside of that comic shop. Fantastic. Uh, with that, man, like, you go into a comic book shop, it's all long boxes like that, and they're selling them for, like, a buck or something. Y you can't make money on that. You got to do full yeah. boxes and... Uh, you know, um, trades, graphic novels, uh, like you said, collector stuff. Um, you can't make money on those. Like, I mean, back issues from two months ago and stuff. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Larry and I, I think, talked about this, but this particular comic shop, too, is like so tightly managed that he doesn't carry imprints uh, because they just don't sell to uh, the people he's he's selling to in this town. So if it's that tightly wound in there, any disruption to comic book distribution is going to really, really hurt him. So, they're not distributing anymore. Diamond is not distributing. Yeah, no, as far that's, as I know. that's what I mean. Is like now the distribution is that there is no distribution. So he is like definitely fucked. I mean, I believe Diamond is still doing like reorders for stuff, but they're not you know, like doing new stuff. Uh, I know from... Alliance uh, is not doing any shipping because they're, they're literally like a block from where I work is the Alliance um, distribution center, mm -hmm. which. Yeah, because uh, I'm, where in, I I'm in Memphis. Comics, I'm not. I'm not worried about telling people that. <laughs> where I order my comics, uh, they said like, "Well, I mean, we know that they have the like April first comics in a warehouse somewhere. We don't know what's going to happen with that Sucks. or when we'll get it." Uh, yeah, it's it's a mess. Larry, what? G good times? No, bad times. Oh no! I mean, it's good that I will get to. Uh, work through my backlog i'm reading comics from october at the moment but yeah i i did like one last collected edition order because who the hell knows when i'm going to be able to do another one i'm curious uh, what the deal is with the uncanny x-force omnibus because that was supposed to be out but no place has it except for amazon and it's near list price and if you pay list price for a comic you're a sucker I say while promoting <laughs> local comic shop go to your local comic shop even though they charge a list price i guess pay yeah pay for your local comic book shop for sure yeah. the but last uh, last comic okay. i read was um i bought uh 
Bone. Do you know Bone by uh, Jeff Smith? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good. And uh, I picked it up um, for my number one son. He's probably a little too young for it, but um, he absolutely loves it. He reads it every single night. Um, We got the first. It's like when I was a kid, I had like the giant one. That's every single issue Mm -hmm. um, all in black and white. And we bought him. uh, They now do trades where it's like the first like three or four issues um, in color, though. Yeah. Um, and it's it's really really cool it's really nice uh really yeah nice they've, they've done a big hardcover that has all of it together in color i've been considering cool. getting that um specifically because i think maybe the paper on it is a bit thicker and that paperback with the black and white i prefer the black and white but the paper's so thin on it just to cram yeah, all you know 1800 pages or whatever into one book uh yeah i read that thing in disney adventures when i was a wee lad me too, me too. like i remember telling larry about that and then him going like yeah that must not have been published published in there for very long because boy that thing goes it was, some... it was the whole thing wasn't it uh i, I remember reading it i don't think they did the entire thing yeah because uh, i mean I, that I, that series gets dark it gets very dark uh but i think also just the length of it like disney adventures probably put something else in there at some point uh but yeah, no, yeah my introduction to it yeah mine as well and then like I, I didn't actually get around to sitting down and reading the entire thing until like just last year and it's really really good yeah i definitely i read the the big omnibus black and white one as an adult um yeah, I, I remember... went to that to a friend who really liked the bartleby character and then for some reason convinced her that bartleby dies in the end <laughs> i'm not a good friend just to be mean just to be mean <laughs> just to be a dick i didn't have any other reason to do it than to be a dick i uh i remember i'm trying to think of actually what it was but i know i got the bone omnibus edition thing and was reading it at some midnight launch at gamestop in the mall and i don't remember what it was for uh, Wait, you just brought it with you. You didn't get yeah. it at the GameStop. No, okay. no. I I was just like sitting at the bench of the mall in front of the GameStop reading it. Yeah, I actually have a uh, I have a stuffed phone bone that I got when I was a kid, like a plush phone bone. That's cool. Um, I had no idea where I got it. I, it might have been like a Scholastic book fair, or it might have been like literally out of the back of a Disney Adventures. Maybe. Huh. Idea. Anyway. Anyway, uh, it's my it's my son's now because he loves it. Great. That, that's good to know, because Bone is, uh, you know, people throw around the term uh, all ages a lot, and usually that just means it's for kids, but, you know, it's not terrible. But Bone, actually, it uh, spans the spectrum. Anybody can enjoy it. Yeah. I think it's bleak as hell by the end of it, man. <laughs> well, sure. You know, it's still really good though. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's still like a very warm read, like yeah. overall. Like you're still in that thing with a good feeling in you, but it's just some rats yeah. get their heads chopped off or whatever. It's uh, fine. Yeah. yeah that's that's cool. fine. Yeah. So George, you uh, have news. Had a couple news. Uh first news, The Last of Us uh taken off of the PlayStation store. Uh if you had a pre-order for the digital edition, probably getting a refund. Well, the Last uh, of Us Part mean... 2, you might want to say. Nah, whatever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, yes, The Last of Us Part Two uh, has been delayed indefinitely due to the virus. Uh, Shocking. 
Yes, many things are getting delayed. Most things seem to be getting delayed to like a rough window. So Last of Us uh, is a little more surprising to me that it's just like, eh, we don't know when this is going to come out. Uh, especially because it seems like it's entirely done. Yeah. Uh, that thing was supposed to launch uh, May 29th. So the fact that they're not even going to do like a digital edition is actually a little bit weird to me. Uh, yeah, why wouldn't you, if it's done, isn't it a matter of like, clicking a button basically like once you get it to playstation yeah uh, if they're doing the digital release yeah. pretty much yeah yeah i don't know where it's at with the whole uh like approval process necessarily but i mean it's yeah. been up on the store and you could pre-order it and now like i think just today they took that down so See, they they sent the button clicker home and he can't work from <laughs> home it's very it's a that's... very big button and it's at the playstation headquarters he's not allowed to go i mean that's think right about people it. don't know that that's an actual position there can't they be do it. just one manual. button guy. There yeah. can't be too many restrictions placed on this because think of all those times when it was like, "Oops, somebody accidentally uploaded the full game instead of a demo." So <laughs> yeah. there can't be too much oversight on that stuff. No, definitely not. It's uh, like Thomas said, there's one guy in a room with a button. That's all it is. Yeah, one big button. Yeah, huge. Uh, it's, it's like that meme of the guy sweating, and it's either release Last of Us or uh, do not. That's right. And he's chosen do not, and then he ran home yeah. wearing a mask and gloves, and he has not left his house in, in weeks. Bless. Stay safe, button guy. Yeah, stay uh, safe, pal. We want you back. But yeah, no Last of Us uh, Part 2 for those who care. I'm, I'm not one of those. I don't like The Last of Us. But, Me either. But uh, a real bummer for the people who do. Uh, That's right. We're too then, busy uh, freaking out about Final Fantasy VII not getting here on time. Yeah, you're goddamn right. I might have to go to a Walmart and get a disease to pick up my Final Fantasy VII. I'm just going to wait for mine to ship whenever that will be. Yeah, I have to go to the Walmart anyway. I need stuff I can't get anywhere else, so whatever. Uh, uh, the other uh, bit of news I have, uh, Ant-Man Third has uh, picked up a writer uh, in Jeff Loveness, uh, who you might know from oh, no. Rick and Morty. So I'm not <laughs> seeing Ant-Man 3. <laughs> Uh, I know Jeff I, uh, Loveness from comics. It. He also does Jimmy to see Kimmel it. Live. I, so. I you have to uh, what? There you go. I have to see it. I have to go see the movie, um, or at least see it like on cable, because I really dislike the Marvel movies, and I'm a firm believer that I cannot say how much I hate them if I haven't seen them. <laughs> so I, I have to see it so that I can say how much I dislike it. I wouldn't be fair if I haven't seen it. <laughs> okay. I really like Ant-Man the Wasp. That was a good time. It was fine. Yeah. That... A lot of them are fine. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I saw people like two days ago talking about how uh, Avengers Endgame was like the pinnacle of modern cinema. And it, it, <laughs> you can just say you like it. It doesn't have to be, you know, the best thing ever made. Just Just say you like it. It's okay. Yeah. Star Wars people do that too. Yeah, yeah, the thing is, uh, as a fan of comics my whole life, like, this whole thing was a really cool thing to see. Like, all of this actually happening, like, I never imagined this would be a real thing, let alone a highly successful thing. Uh, but also, after Endgame, eh, I'm done. I don't really need any more. Congratulations, yeah. you did it. Yeah, I mean, that does such a good job at just kind of capping everything off that there's really no need to go any further than that at all. Yeah. But hey, like Black I think, Widow. 
Uh, I, I think that Spider-Man movie is like a decent epilogue if that's what you wanted, but I really don't care to watch anything else. So I liked uh, I liked uh, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. In yeah, the Spider-Man yeah. movie. I yeah. thought he was he was really good. He played that character really well. Um, and I guess spoilers like the turn was was really good later in the movie. Yeah, spoilers. Yeah. Uh, Mysterio is the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> i still love look, how much they tried to like convince people ahead of time that like no he's good the entire good. He's, he's fine yeah, yeah we're setting up his turn later on benedict cumberbatch also is not con trust me <laughs> god uh, that's the worst yes i don't know why they still bother to do shit like that it never never works out the way that they expect it to the thing i've learned yeah. though is never pay attention to what people on twitter say about movies uh, yeah, there true. was a really good one last night of some guy like, "Did you know, uh, the Dark Knight is about masks? Like, see, Two Face, he turns, he's he's Two Face. They call him Harvey Two Face." <laughs> All this, it's then, like... and then three quarters of the people in his replies are like, "Oh my God, what a great insight!" <laughs> yeah. yeah, there was one in particular who said something like. It's interesting to think about how Bruce Wayne is really Batman's mask. Like, yes, they actually outright said that in the in Batman Begins, and that's like the most base level take you could have on Batman in general. Yeah, we all wear masks, Mister Ipkiss, metaphorically speaking. No, oh, I, I think that, like there there are people there are people that watch these movies. Um, you know, they, they've reached a level of popularity where people may not be familiar, right? They go into yeah. the new Spider-Man movie, they, they don't know who Mysterio is, right? Or they go into, um, you know, the new new J.J. Abrams Star Trek, and, and they don't know who Khan is outside of a meme, right? Sure. So um, I get I get why they do it. Um, there's this this whole thing with familiarity, right? Where it, if you know what it is, you feel comfortable with it. Um, I think that was also the beef that people had with a lot of the more recent Star Wars movies is that it started to go in a different direction than they expected and and they hated it because, you know, it's it's not Star Wars if it doesn't do X, Y, Z. Sure. Uh, so I think that familiarity stuff is, uh, is a big factor as well. For so, me, it's that it comes across as treating their audience as stupid, which I guess, to be sure. fair, a lot of them kind of probably are. But it's like, they do this in comics a lot too, actually. Like, uh, when Dan Slott did the Superior Spider-Man, and he was like, no, definitely, Peter Parker is dead forever, he's not coming back, no plans to bring him back. And like, two issues later, it's like, oh, Peter is like still in Dr. Octopus's, or like, the remnants of Peter's brain is still in there, and this is obviously how he's going to come back. Like, it didn't even waste any time in setting that up. Or um, that whole thing with Hydra Cap recently, where yeah. it was like, no, it's the real Captain America, not an alternate version from another reality. It was, by the way. But he just kept doubling down on it. It's like, come on, man. We all know. We all know you're not doing that to Captain America. We all know you're not doing that to Spider-Man. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, yeah. I don't want to say it's... got movies to it's... promote. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Batman rest in peace comes to mind how later on they were like no it stands for rest in purgatory well that was obviously <laughs> set up though well, like again yes. immediately after that also they did not claim Batman would be dead forever yeah but right There's after no that to it they started yeah. like um return of Bruce Wayne and everything so it was obvious that Darkseid did not actually kill him he zapped him back in time and whatever and 
man, that series was good. Yeah, really was. I I miss when Batman had good writers. Yeah, me too. In the long, long ago, in the before times. Uh huh. And back in the new Fifty Two. Yeah, that's right. I can't believe I'm nostalgic for the new Fifty Two. Can't but believe it's I new Fifty Two. Hmm. Uh, okay, so Vigi Games, first of all Thomas, what have you been playing? Yeah, so uh, I probably hadn't played a video game in like five years uh, at least um, and I don't know don't know why uh, I had, had an Xbox One, played all the time uh, one day I turned it off and I never turned it on again uh, and recently been in quarantine and uh, I introduced uh, my son to video games, he's five uh, and I found my GameCube and my Wii. And so we hooked those up uh, and started playing any, anything with Mario in mm-hmm. it to start. Oh, uh, no. So... Wait a second. Is his What's first that? Mario game Mario Sunshine? Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. His, his first Good. game with Mario in it was um, uh, Mario Baseball, I think, which is awesome. Oh, Sluggers? Um, Superstar yeah. Baseball. Yeah, 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 um, which is really great. And then we did uh, we do Smash Bros. and Mario Kart. Um, he actually has not played one of the Mario platformers at all, which is oh okay um, oh yeah yeah I don't know we we briefly turned on Mario Galaxy, um, but we didn't didn't get very far, um, and then we hooked the uh, Xbox One up and uh, played some Minecraft. Uh, I got very late to the Untitled Goose Game and mm-hmm. um, Goat Simulator, um, and he went he went hog wild for Goat Simulator just. <laughs> Yeah, ran just headbutting everything, blowing stuff up. Um, meanwhile, you know we're playing two player, and I'm out here trying to get achievements because um, <laughs> sure, because I, I need to do that. Screaming at your child yeah. for ruining your achievements. <laughs> he, well, he, he would like I would come over and I'd be trying to do something, and he would just run over and headbutt me, um, mm-hmm. and send me flying across the entire map. And I'd just be like, "Damn, I I need to get back over there. I need to do something over there, bud. You can't just headbutt me across the map." And I'd get back over there and just do it again and laugh. That's great. It's a fun game. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, that was like the first wave of those whole like simulator games. And personally, yeah. uh, I still think that and Surgeon Simulator are like the two good ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I also did, uh, I think it's called Outer Worlds, um, that a buddy was playing recently, so I picked that up and Wait, okay. started running through. Wait, okay, which one is it? Is it the one where you're, like, uh, you're flying around on a planet, or is it the one that's, like, Fallout? Uh, it looks like Fallout. I've, I've okay. played, um, like, the first sort of area. Um, you're, like, a, like a colonist on some long-term ship that gets stopped, yeah. and so you've okay. been frozen for 70 years, and then dude drops you off on a planet. Yeah, that's that's the Outer Worlds. So there's also a game called The Outer Wilds, which also came out last year and is also about space. And it's also very good, but very different type of game. Yeah, I mean, I like it so far. Um, I'm literally only playing it because a buddy of mine is. Um, And so I just hopped on it to try it out. Like I said, I haven't played in five years, but I just hopped on and I was like, well, let me just do the Xbox Ultimate game pass doodad uh-huh. so um hopped on and i'm playing a bunch of free games so it's pretty sweet yeah game pass is great uh that's sort of the main reason i'm looking into getting an xbox series x actually is because game pass is so good uh and yeah outer worlds is great it's 
the original people who made Fallout being like, well, Bethesda made all these bad Fallout, so we'll make a good one again. And, and just they call did it something it. different. Yeah. Love it. George, what do you say? What, what, what have you been playing? I think I know. Uh, Pokemon Crystal. No, not that. <laughs> <laughs> Anything but I that. I mean, I did finish that up, but... Uh... I actually got some new games to play for the first time in uh, Christ knows how long. Uh, I've been going through Do- uh, Doom Eternal. Yeah. Uh, which I'm only about halfway through on. Uh, and uh, Resident Evil 3, which also only about halfway through on. Yeah. Uh, kind of like going between those uh, back to back. Both great games. Uh, although Resident Evil 3, I think, is uh, letting me down a little bit. Like, it's not quite as good as I was hoping it would be. Uh, Doom Eternal, on the other hand better than i was hoping it would be so <laughs> i have finished both of those games uh doom eternal is very likely to be the best game released this year Resident yes Evil although 3, pretty like, good uh, yeah but also there's not much else coming out this year <laughs> so like i feel that in a better year doom eternal would not be my I game can't year. he can't get to the button that's not it's not <laughs> you know it's not the produce the people making the games not their fault the guy can't get to the button that's right uh, Larry, I'm very worried that when we do Game of the Year this year, we don't have enough games to fill out a top ten. Uh, yeah, nine we'll games, see. and you're praying for the guy to get there. Yeah, <laughs> just re- release The Last of Us. We need just we need another game, and then we're at ten. Uh, I kind of disagree with what you say. If Doom Eternal had come out last year, I think it would have been my Game of the Year. I I'm think it would have barely was... edged out Devil May Cry Five, but. Mm. Um, I, I think my issue with Doom is just that it is there's way too much tutorializing in that game for me. I'm constantly getting the tutorial box popping up, going like, "Oh, you can upgrade this other new thing now." It's uh, well, yeah, that's kind of near the it, beginning. It, the weirder thing for me is as soon as a boss appears, you get a little thing saying like, "Here's how you beat them," yeah, and I can yeah, understand why they do that because with some of the bosses, it might not be immediately obvious, like. There's one near the end, uh, like the second to last boss, you have to destroy the shields and then use the super shotgun's meat hook to grapple up to her and then use the blood punch to damage her, basically. And if not uh, for that tutorial, I might not have guessed you need specifically to use the blood punch. Isn't isn't that what video games are for? Right? Like you 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 run in there and you go, oh, how do I do this? I feel like that's a big part of a... And maybe you struggle at first until you figure it out. I I think there's an argument to be made that something that is well-designed is intuitive enough for you to figure it out on your own, whereas something that is just too vague needs a tutorial. Like, I I guess my issue with Doom Eternal is that, like, I... It breaks the momentum, first of all, to run into a room and a new enemy appears, and it's like, hey, wait a second, we gotta tell you how to beat this guy. Uh, This is way too complicated for you to figure it out. Here we go. Yeah. Uh... Like, there's already a a whole codex section of this thing that fills out with various, like, lore files and, like, information about your weapons, and in that is, like, a bestiary. If you wanted to just give tips on how to beat these things, just put it in the bestiary when you encounter something new, you know that it's going to be in there, and if you don't know how to beat it, just, you know, hit tab and check it out. Like, don't pause everything for me and act like I'm dumb. It's also a little weird that does that, because usually... It's pretty good about setting things up in a way that you would figure that out anyway. Like the yeah. the 
there's a part where you drop down, you get the chain gun, and then a Hell Knight comes in. And so from using that, you would see, oh, the Hell Knight is weak to the chain gun. It staggers oh, them really now, easily. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I, I don't know. I agree there's too much of that tutorializing, but also once you get out of the way, a, a lot of that is pretty front-loaded because it's like once you get the Praetor point, it shows you how to put that in the suit. When you get the crystal thing, it shows you how to upgrade that. And after that, there's not quite as much except for, like I said, the weird boss tutorial things. There's, a, I also though kind of, I don't know, I wish it was maybe a bit more streamlined. I kind of feel like there's too much stuff that I can upgrade and I don't care about most of it. Like, I don't remember that being the case in the last Doom, although maybe it was, it's been a while. No, I know that there was one... stuff to upgrade, but this seems like almost overwhelming to me. The first, the first one I think was just the weapon mods you could upgrade. I don't think... It had all of the ex. It definitely didn't have all the Praetor suit upgrades. I don't think it had the crystal type stuff either with um, yeah. health and armor. I don't think. Personally, personally, I love a- any upgrade. Sign me up. More more upgrades, the better. I me want too. my I want my mans to be the best mans. Agreed. I typically do, but in something like Doom, specifically this type of first person shooter where everything just moves very very quickly, for me, breaking that pace takes me out Pausing of the game. Pausing to do it. Yeah, yeah I gotta get so... that. If it's if it's something like that, I'd rather it be that there's a hub that I'm going back to between levels. And I don't know if that becomes more frequent as this game goes on. But in the first half, they do that, I want to say, like two times. Yeah, like, That's fine. You, when you I got downtime, like, I can do it. You go for like a... There's a stretch there where you don't go back to the Fortress of Doom. But you do end up going back there like after pretty much every level. Okay. And I appreciate that before the end when it's like, Alright, do what you gotta do because this is the end level. Uh... And so that's nice. I appreciate whenever any game does that. Yeah, uh, I don't know. That sounds like something that maybe I will have less of an issue with I, as I push further into the game. But for right now, it, like I don't want to be pausing during Doom. I want to just be shooting things all the time. So run, run through, just yeah, unload ammo and stuff. Yeah, and and that part of the game is really, really, really good. Uh, it feels just as good as the last Doom that they put out, and I loved the shit out of that game. Uh, it's just any time I got to pause in Doom Eternal, I'm not having a good time. The thing is, okay, I feel like I disagree with this a little bit because to me the exploration was a big part of both the previous Doom, uh, New Doom, and Doom Eternal. They just kind of went further on it where you're finding, except before last time it was just like, find the bobbleheads or whatever. Uh, and this yeah. time you have all the upgrade stuff that you can get. Although also sometimes it's just like, here's a record that has Commander Keen's head on it, and that's fine <laughs> with me too. Yeah, I, I think I'm also like playing this a bit more rushed uh, as well, because, boy, nothing really came out this year up to this point, and now it's just back-to-back this Resident Evil Final Fantasy. So I'm like, all right, I need to try to get Doom and Resident Evil done before Final Fantasy, because that's going to take up a bunch of my time. Well, good news is Resident Evil 3 will not take much time. I have also oh, finished yeah. that game. Yeah, I'm about two and a half hours into that, and I'm halfway through. Yep. So, it's Resident Evil. It's not going to be very long. Well, um, no. But I'm, I'm liking that a lot, but I'm, I also have some issues uh, with that game, and I think that it's issues that you also had, which is that... That Jill's not I, wearing the skirt. That's right. How <laughs> that's dare it. That's, they. that's what ruins it. Yeah, that's what people it's are mad false about. False advertising. 
Wait, really? <laughs> Are people really mad about that? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. There were people uh, posting that like, oh, well, they promised us a classic Resident Evil 3 Nemesis skin in this. But look, her skirt is actually shorts. How can I can't I can't look at her panties. Oh, my and, like, God. God. Like, God, you guys, someone's just going to make a fucking nude mod. Nerds off the Internet. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm done with you. Yeah. You fuck freaks. Just. Oh. Yeah. Pe- people. That's the Internet. Congratulations. One Google search, bud. One Google search. You got everything you need. Yeah. yeah. Look, there's a lot of pictures of Joe on the internet. I mean, scientific value, but this game, the people hanging. I don't know. Whatever. What's your point? Point here? is, the, the actual, the actual yeah, that I have is, uh, like the nemesis encounters. I don't feel are uh, good. Like, most of them are just, oh, the nemesis is chasing you through this one area, and the way to get away from him is just running to this checkpoint. Uh, Whereas in the original game, it's he's a persistent threat who is making his way through a very non-linear map. Yes, Uh, I I was telling you that I found it weird how the way they incorporated Mr. X in the Resident Evil 2 remake is way more of a nemesis experience than nemesis is in this game. Yes, uh, absolutely. Um... Like, you can, in, in those encounters where he's chasing you through an area, it seems like you could, if you wanted to stop, turn around and fight him. Like, that's an option. And when you do that, he does drop, like, a supply crate for you. But so far, I've only found that it's like, oh, here's six shotgun shells, even though you had to dump a whole lot more than that to kill him. Yeah, I never uh, even so bothered trying to attack him. I did the first time, because I had a grenade, and I was just like, oh, maybe this will slow him down. And it just, like, outright killed him. I don't know that I even got, like, hit in any of the escape things, because they do time them pretty well, so you're just holding forward and getting away. I got hit by the rocket launcher a few times. Oh, yeah, I guess I kind of caught some of those. That dodge feels weird. It's kind of clunky, and, like, the it feels like there is a big latency on inputting it, and it actually, like, moving Jill. Oh, I had the opposite Uh, thing. I found that, like, I had to hit it as soon as the thing would hit me it like it looks so, like it would have like a dark Souls style amount of iframes in it or something but it's really more like you hit that exactly when you would get hit yeah so i found that out towards the end of playing the game last night that if you time it just before you get hit she actually has like a much faster dodge whereas yeah. if you fuck the timing up it's a very sluggish one also uh, if you aim right really after doing that, that. If you aim right after doing a perfect dodge, it's like Vanquish. Like, it slows down in exactly the same way as when you yeah. dodge and aim in Vanquish, which is funny. So I also thought that was like a urine-ear-death thing, because the first time I triggered that, I was almost dead. <laughs> uh, but then found out later, no, it's not the case. Um, but, yeah, like, the, the last encounter I had with him was where he has the... Uh, no, it wasn't the last encounter, because then you do the rocket launcher thing after that. But, like, the flamethrower one is one where I actually tried to kill him and I couldn't. So I think that the game like has some areas where you can down him and some where you can't, and there's nothing to really indicate the difference between those two. So like I wasted all my grenade ammo trying to get him to like take a knee uh, when he had the flamethrower. And so when I got into that boss fight, it was rough. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know why you would waste ammo when you know he's unkillable, but okay. Well, again, because you can make him drop, and then he will drop items for you. So I was just like, ah, if a single grenade has killed 
up to this point, maybe a few like grenade launcher rounds would do the trick, and then it would it just became a like, why is this not working? I keep shooting the grenades. <laughs> so yeah, I think there's like just some points in that game where he will actually not go down. Um, okay. But I mean, the the rest of it is still uh, like if you liked that Resident Evil Two remake, you're going to like the Resident Evil Three remake because it's just more of that, which is perfectly fine with me. Yep. Uh, Carlos has Spike Spiegel hair now, which is yep. all right. Uh, Have you checked out his model? If you turn it on to the classic haircut, no. It looks horrifying. <laughs> no, I I took a look it's at not the classic for a different haircut. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Perfect. Love I, it. I took a look at that in the like costume menu and was like, mm, no, don't like it. Yeah, no, that hair on that face is not a good combination. Yeah, once you beat the game, by the way, you can get uh, Jill's stars uniform, so there you go. Oh, nice. Everyone drooling over the Resident Evil 3 uniform. The stars uniform in the first game is the best look for Jill. Agreed. My my opinion. Yes. Um. Yeah, no, I... I'm having fun with it. It's also like interesting to me just how much they kind of shuffle things up. Like it the first like half of Resident Evil 3 on the PlayStation is getting up to the point where you actually go to the uh church and it kind of just feels like everything that happens in the first half of the original game like is really just sped along in the remake. And then like some of the stuff gets rearranged so like the trip to the uh police department is now like at the halfway point of the game uh jill has already like the train has crashed and that would normally take her to the church but now carlos is over at the uh police station which is usually in like the like very beginning of the original game and jill goes to that so i don't know it's it's neat seeing just like how much they're kind of just reorganizing everything in this uh whereas resident evil 2 i want to say did that a lot less like that was a bit more faithful in the original you only play as carlos the one time right yeah so jill becomes infected and then as carlos you have a brief uh section where you're trying to like get a cure yeah so that's still in here but then yeah there's also the bit where he's at the police station yeah i really like uh how when carlos is in there you can go up to the doors he's like man this is a pretty weird looking door (laughs) yeah like, what kind of freak would make doors that have diamond locks on them? Oh, sure. Yeah, you gotta get the spade key, and you need to put in, like, uh... God, it... Put the unicorn medals in the statue. I'm thinking of, like, the different colored jewels that they have in the first part of the game, and, like, oh, you yeah. put it into, like, the dial, and it gives you different items. And, like, that's something else that's actually, like, bothering me about this a little bit, is... I didn't know that it would kind of like gatekeep you at certain points in this game. Cause like the, the original Resident Evil three is very non-linear uh, for the first half of that game. And then it becomes a lot more linear once you get to the church uh, in this, like I missed one of those gyms and I couldn't get back out to go oh, no. get it. So that's just gone for the rest of the game. Yeah. And that's a hip pouch too. That's what you want. Oh, motherfucker. Well, all right. I'm restarting R. Resident Evil three. <laughs> I gotta go back. Gotta get it all. You need those two extra squares of inventory. That's huge. Yeah, that's a really big thing, actually. Like, also, like, the way that I am with Resident Evil games, like, I want 100% map completion. Like, I I get weird about Resident Evil in the way people get weird about Super Metroid, so... Yeah, honestly, though, you're probably better off just completing it and then using the items you can unlock at the end of your second playthrough. 
I mean, I'm yeah, I kid about restarting it. What I'm going to do is just finish it and then do a more thorough run the second time around. Okay, but yes, that that sort of that first area is the one where Nemesis actually follows you around, and like tries to cut you off and attacks you and stuff. And I thought that was how it was going to be for the whole game, but nope, just that first area. That's it. Yeah, I I really wish it was more of that, and I'm I'm bummed that it's not. Uh, also, but I think that's my biggest gripe with that game so far. Otherwise, I'm I'm really enjoying. It. Okay, I I don't remember the original one a whole lot, but I like like humanoid nemesis you know where he's in the coat even though in this they change it to like the body bag or whatever and the rocket launcher i don't really like when he just sort of turns into a big monster thing and that's most of this game didn't he stay in the human form like longer in the original he stays in the human form up to the fight uh, between him and jill in the church in the original game and then after that he starts to mutate into different stuff okay but he, I think that in the I, so I don't know because I'm not that far from this remake. How frequently you see him after he changes, but I want to say in the original you don't you see him pretty infrequently at that point. He shows up a few times after, and it's kind of just always the same like four legged, uh, almost liquor looking form. Yeah, th- I mean there's stuff like that in the original, and I'm with you. I like humanoid nemesis. I don't really care much for his other forms in the original, and I'm sure I won't care much for them in this one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I remember, like, the original, he turns into, like, some big, weird monster by the end of it. And you have to shoot him with, like, this uh, railgun thing, I want to oh, say. Yeah. Railguns are still there. Yeah. Uh, so that's another thing is at the end of that game, I ended up with. I still had, like, 10 magnum rounds and, like, 30 various grenade launcher rounds because I never used any of them. Because I was thinking, oh, I need to save these for the end boss fight. And then they changed the end boss fight. So I didn't actually need any of those. Yeah, since you told me about that, I've just felt like no pressure to use my grenade rounds. Uh, also, uh, before we get off of Resident Evil 3, what do you think of sewer sharks and that thing, man? Uh, they're all right, I guess. I don't know. The, the, the beta hunters or whatever they call Gamma. them. Yeah, hunter gammas. Yeah. I don't know, I just man. threw a grenade at them and shot them once, and then they died. I think... That those might be like the one Resident Evil enemy that maybe unnerves me the most, and I can't quite pin down why, because I don't get that feeling from anything else in Resident Evil. And maybe just because of how gooey they are, like they <sighs> they're gelatinous. They just look so weird. Like I guess I it might be that every Evil, like at least looks like something that you're familiar with. You know, a spider is a spider. Uh, those things, I don't know what the goddamn fuck they're supposed to be. The hunters in this version also look pretty weird. Hmm. Uh, also, they're probably the enemy that killed me the most, because you fight a lot of them as Carlos, who just has an assault rifle, which will not knock them back. Uh, the uh, cool thing with trying to do uh, deathless runs in the original remake is that those hunters can just one-shot you at random. They'll just uh-huh. like cut your head right off. So I've had like a few runs of that game that have completely ended maybe three-fourths of the way in because a hunter just like lobbed jill's head off from down a hallway yeah you know normal stuff yeah good times good times yeah. okay now on to do you join this resident evil talk thomas oh what uh <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest with you i have played uh i'm gonna say maybe five minutes of the first resident evil game and 
nothing else. Never played another one. I am not what you would call a gamer. You should try the Resident Evil 2 remake. I actually think you might like it. No, um, the only sort of like zombie kind of game uh, I ever played through was Eternal Darkness on the GameCube. Yeah. uh, Which is dope. That game is awesome. Um, I used to play it. I would only play it at night um, because I felt like it, it enhanced the experience. And when it like messes with you, like the sanity stuff, um, I loved it. I love, love, love that game. And I think they were supposed to make a sequel and then like <laughs> that company got destroyed or something. Yeah. I don't remember. Dennis Dyack uh, has a long and storied history of running out of other people's money. Uh, and it's, boy, they tried to kickstart like a spiritual successor to Eternal Darkness. That didn't go anywhere. Um, they had made Two Human and X Men. What, what was that one called? Destiny. I X-Men. don't remember. But the thing is, they were using Unreal Engine for it, and they had not licensed it correctly or something. And all so right. all of those games got recalled. You cannot legally buy them anymore. Um, that's amazing. To the point yeah. where they put Two Human on Xbox backwards compatibility. And you can just go download it for free from the Xbox store because they cannot legally sell it for money. It's amazing. I'm yeah. going yeah. to download it for no good reason. I don't yeah. even know if I'll play it. But... Oh, it's it's not good, but it was also I supposed to be a trilogy or something, and it started as a Dreamcast game. It, ugh. It's one of those games where it has a very long and very storied development history that is absolutely worth diving into if you have the time. Yeah. Dennis Dyack is a legendary maniac uh, yeah. as far as game developers go. I would say the story of Two Human is probably up there with the story of how Duke Nukem Forever came to be. Like, it definitely doesn't span quite as large of a span of time, but uh, still fucking wild. Yeah. Actually, okay. maybe Dai Katana is a more accurate comparison, but whatever. Uh, Dai Katana didn't take that long to make, though. No, it didn't, but also hell of a history behind that thing, too. Yeah. But, alright, on to the order of business, which was supposed to be the uh, concept for this week's episode. <laughs> uh, Thomas, what movies have you been watching during quarantine? Yeah, so uh, my quarantine goal, movie-wise, is uh, stay positive. That's that's what I'm trying to do. So, okay. Um, no, no, like, depressing or even, like, very serious movies so uh i've been doing a ton of uh jackie chan movies so yeah. uh drunken master and uh wheels on meals uh and that that sort of thing that sort of classic jackie chan stuff there's a ton of it um mm-hmm. streaming right now some good some very bad stuff but um i love jackie chan so nothing's nothing's really bad um so those which are super positive drunken master is one of my favorite movies and absolutely then, um Mr. Nice Guy. You watch that one? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I haven't watched it yet. No, I I've, I've actually never seen it, but I know it's it's very very well regarded. So, um like I said, there's a ton of them streaming. So, I'm going to I'm going to hop into a bunch of them. Um and then uh the other one and I'm not really sure how I fell into it is just Leslie Nielsen movies. <laughs> sure. Um, so, uh I've all three Naked Guns are streaming. So, I've watched the first two. I got the third one coming and then um Airplane. I watched Mm-hmm. um day before yesterday uh, and they're all amazing they're all fantastic 
Um, they are. I, I feel like Leslie Nielsen kind of lost it when he realized he was supposed to be funny, though. You know, you get that later stuff like, um, what was the fugitive one? Wrongfully accused, I think. Yeah. That one's not yeah. great. Uh, some of those later ones. But, but yeah, Naked Gun, fantastic airplane, obviously. I love Leslie Nielsen. Her police squad is streaming on anything. I don't know. Somebody was saying the other day that they marathoned it, and I don't, I don't know if they bootlegged it or if it's streaming somewhere. And um, I've never seen it. I've never seen Police Squad. I've seen all the Naked Gun movies, but uh, well, I've never then seen you've Police pretty Squad. much seen Police Squad because they just reused <laughs> yeah. a bunch of jokes from it for the just movie. Just same jokes. Yeah. yeah, love it. Also, perfect. Not a hard series to marathon. I think it's like six episodes. Yeah, it's six half okay, hour episodes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I actually I do prefer Police Squad. To the Naked Gun movies um, Neither of them I think when it comes to parody movies like that Number one Hot Shots Part 2 I was about it. to say that was my introduction to that kind of movie Was yeah. Hot Shots Part 2 Not even the first one Yeah well yeah Part 2 is way better than the first one It was about when it came out Right like I don't know when the first one came out But the second one came out like right at the point where Where I would be watching that kind of movie Probably uh, that was in ninety ninety six, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, that would. I'm I'm gonna age myself. I was twelve years old then, so um, that's yeah. I know. Um, I'm I'm the oldest person on the internet, but uh, yeah. I mean, that's that's right about the age where you get into that stuff. Um, and actually, when I was fourteen years old, maybe fifteen, um, I started doing um what I called bad movie night, um, where I would invite friends over and we would sit down and watch a quote bad movie um and i I knew nothing about movies i was like i said maybe 13 or 14 years old and so i would go to blockbuster and i would just read the description of a movie or look at the cover and and then rent that and and bring it home and the funny thing about that is that i i never actually got a bad movie all the movies that i got um turned out to be good um so one of the very one of the very first ones we watched was airplane and then we watched the original Blob, which is, yeah, you know, it's a corny B movie, but you know, it's the Blob. It's great. Sure. Uh, and then uh, the Vincent Price uh, Mask of the Red Death, ooh, um, which was amazing. Like I absolutely loved it. Um, so yeah, we we never actually did a bad movie. Uh, well, I did a bad movie during my uh my self-isolation so far which is that i decided to watch all of the mission impossible movies from the beginning and was it mission impossible 2 was that the bad one yes so sucks (laughs) yeah mission impossible 1 a lot better than i remember uh it's great i especially like that it is focused on spy stuff rather than being an action movie like the later ones which are fine like actually i like the later ones more but some of the best action movies yeah i love yeah, them yeah um but yeah that first one you can also you can tell it's a De Palma movie which uh has pluses and negatives i guess I'll tell you the the shots um and I'm not going to spoil Mission Impossible 1. I don't, I don't care. I'm going to do it. But the movie's been out forever. So the shots um, after everything goes wrong at the beginning mm-hmm. where they're like on – there's like the lady waiting on the bridge and then um, the stuff where like the guy gets stabbed through the fence. Yeah. Um, that all – those shots feel uh, very De Palma to me. Yes. Um, 
also i really appreciate that because they are just having ethan hunt like impersonate random other characters instead of other actors it is just tom cruise in like rick baker makeup i think it's rick baker that did it uh, so he just kind of looks like the old man from the Six Flags commercial at one point when he's supposed to be the senator or whatever. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it's not It's not the thing they do later where it's like literally the actor and then they CG him ripping off the face. Yeah, they do that it's at literally... the very end with, again, spoilers, John Voight. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. But then I but got... they tried makeup and they just couldn't quite get John Voight's face. Which is weird because you'd think he would be the easiest person to just like slap some clay on someone's face and make him look like John Voight. Um, but then I got to Mission Impossible 2, and holy cow, that thing sucks. Had such high hopes because it's John Woo that directed it. Yeah. Um, and and so you think like, oh man, the action's gonna be great, and then, but he does like the weird John Woo stuff with like <laughs> when they crash the motorcycles and like doves go flying, uh-huh. and like that whole scene is so bizarre the thing is that Uh, stuff's kind of the stuff i liked from it like when it's just like all right sure whatever ethan's just going to be diving across like a bunch of broken glass with two pistols and shooting why not sure but the only stuff i remember from that movie is that entire the entire what in front oh yeah yeah like tom cruise getting the knife like just right above his the motorcycles colliding in the air and all that stuff like that's i don't remember anything else about that movie there's some yeah. doves in there i remember that yeah that was during the motorcycle fight uh i don't yeah. no, there are um, doves i have no recollection over of that plot. thing there's like another part where um the one guy they're in like the catacombs or whatever and he, ethan just like he does a three 360 like Liu kang style flip kick or something oh, yeah and doves fly out after he does that too I love it. It's too much. His haircut in that movie is also terrible. Yes. Uh, very, very distracting how yes. terrible his haircut is. Um, also, it's weird because there's a bit where he's on the motorcycle and the hair is going back and he's like making this weird face and has sunglasses on and he looks exactly like Christian Bale. It was distracting to me. I, I would have to also, show you a picture. That was of the, the terrible soundtrack that included uh, a Metallica song. Yeah. And... I don't remember who did the theme, but it was one of those like 90s butt rock bands, I think. Yeah, that was another thing I noticed is like the Mission Impossible theme is one of the greatest themes of all time and they managed to ruin it. Why would you do that? Just just play the theme, dude. Yeah. It's iconic. Yeah, Danny Elfman did the theme for the first one. Did a great job. Yeah, fantastic. I remember the opening of the first one is... I mean, it's really good. That whole opening sequence is really great. And then, yeah, cutting to the to the credits with the Mission Impossible theme over it also. Just mm-hmm. fantastic. Larry, should I watch all the Mission Impossible movies in yes. the same way I watched all the Fast and the Furious movies? Yes. Well, I was going to say more like you watched all the James Bond movies, but also yes. No, that's Although, not as good of an experience as watching the you, Fast and the Furious. Did you marathon uh, James Bond? I, I watched like uh, one or two a week. I bought that... Uh, Oh god, it was like a Bond twenty three set or something like that with all yeah. of them on Blu-ray up to Skyfall. It like had a, a space to put Skyfall in when you bought it. You bought it, yeah. I, I actually recently well, I did um I did all the Daniel Craig Bonds in anticipation of the new one. Um so that was also a, a quarantine movie thing and I just marathoned. I was um, thinking I should do that too, because I still I... have not watched Spectre. Um it's good. I liked it. Uh, I disagree. 
it's fine. I you know, like Spectre's Spectre. the one where where James Bond felt less like James Bond. Um, so he he kind of like th- that's the one where he like loses it, right? And he and he just goes on a murder spree. That's most of the James Bonds, though. Oh, is yeah. James Bond is not on the payroll. Yeah, I mean that. So that's the one where, though where like he there was a point where I was like, that's not James Bond. Like James Bond isn't that guy and and that was supposed to be the point i think was that he had sort of like not just like yeah i'm not on the payroll i've gone rogue or whatever but like he he had like a real like a like a mental health problem I'm, and, I'm sorry, which, and i I'm wasn't sorry, that specter uh, okay i think we're talking like, i'm talking about specter i got a little confused because that also sounds like one of the t- uh timothy dalton ones oh yeah no i have uh i've never seen a uh timothy dalton bond no, the timothy dalton ones are have you seen Goldeneye? Yes, I have seen Goldeneye. Okay, so Goldeneye is very much a Timothy Dalton James Bond. Like that was yep. one that was. It feels like it was meant for him and got shelved. Uh, I'm I'm yeah. into that. Uh, Goldeneye was my first Bond flick that I saw, um, yeah, and so Pierce Brosnan was James Bond to me for the longest. Um, and all all those movies are pretty good. I, I right after I watched all the Daniel Craig's, I watched all the Pierce Brosnans, which are. Um, also, all streaming, which is pretty cool. You say all? <laughs> they're no, they're not all good. They're not all okay. good. Okay. My favorite one is the uh, the one with Denise Richards, where at the end of the movie, <laughs> at the end of the movie, he says, "Oh, I thought Christmas only came once a year," and I about lost it. I'm like, "How did that make it into this PG-13 movie?" It's like the best line in James Bond. It's so bad. It's so bad. I love it. Um, that movie's terrible. She's terrible in it. She's beautiful, and she's terrible in it. Um, it's just, it's reprehensibly bad. It yeah. really is. Uh, that's how I would describe the... three-fourths of the Brosnan movies, though, is reprehensibly bad. Like, uh, they're still watchable. They're like... Gold, a... Goldeneye's fantastic, though. Goldeneye's, oh, Goldeneye's really amazing. And and that's why I think, like, if, if you like Goldeneye, I think you owe it to yourself to see the Timothy Dalton ones, because it's very much just more of that. They're They're very good. Yeah, they like have it's a, a almost few like Blu-ray sets with a bunch of them. So the Timothy Dalton ones are almost like a prototype for the Daniel Craig ones, also. Yes, yeah. Which, like the James Bond books, that's really more how he's portrayed is more thuggish. So the the Dalton ones and the Craig ones are a lot more like book accurate than necessarily any of the other like iterations of James Bond. Yeah, I've heard in the in the books he's a he's a real scumbag. Oh um, yeah, I mean he's a real scumbag in the movies too, but like <laughs> yeah. I yeah. heard it in the books he's he's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but I part of my issue with Spectre too, though I think is just that the only Blofeld for me is Telly. Uh, I can't ever pronounce his last Savalas. name. Thank you. <laughs> um, oh yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, it was just kind of hard getting past that and being able to kind of enjoy the movie for what it was. I don't know. I don't oh, like Donald I love, Pleasance. I love Christoph Waltz though. Like I just love him um and uh it, the idea that they're going to continue uh you know with him as Blofeld is is yeah i i hope that they do i, I just like him as an actor right i mean he's really fantastic hey yeah. speaking I, I of do. the whole uh he's not con thing uh christoph waltz definitely not Blofeld. yeah <laughs> right right Man. of course not uh so back to my marathon of mission impossible uh mission impossible 3 Oh, by the way, I would also like to mention that Mission Impossible 2 is also good because you can skip it entirely and miss nothing because nothing in it is relevant to the series at all. Nothing from it is ever referenced again. They don't really start like doing that um, where they're all sort of 
connected really where they're not like episodic until what the fourth one maybe the may a fourth one i guess where like it actually becomes like you need to have seen this to get the next one um, i watched the fourth without like i had watched the first ones like a long time ago before i finally watched the fourth and i didn't know what was happened or like what had happened in the previous ones and it didn't seem like it mattered yeah but, that's what i'm saying so four is the beginning of like you, you need to have seen you know four to get five no not really i would say like five and six are kind of the only ones that you have to watch in order they're connected yeah yeah because nothing from four really carries over into five paula Patton just disappears well, i guess there's jeremy renner is still there so yeah i guess four and five and six but like two so what you're saying is two is the too fast too furious of the mission impossibles you could just skip no it. no it gets more too... the tokyo drift yes oh um, that's a good point because it's not, too fast too it's furious relevant, but... introduced ludicrous that's true but also like han is alive again so now tokyo drift suddenly has like significant Cute. Tokyo Drift is at the end of the entire series, the very last one. Oh, no, one. no. We're, no, we're not driving old Drift. cars. No, no. They're, now they're actually past Oh, I guess Tokyo now we Drift. are. Yeah. Yeah, it's between we're six driving and cars, seven. Driving old cars and pretending they're new uh, <laughs> between <laughs> six and seven. Using it's fine. That's just what happened. I do really like that that series has about as much death permanence as comic books. Doesn't yeah. matter. None of it matters. Yeah. We need to have Han back because yeah. people liked him. We need okay, Michelle Rodriguez. Back. The, back. the the country guy. He stayed in Japan. We're never going to see him again. Yeah. He's he also died, but they kept it permanent. Yeah. Uh, Paul Walker, though, unfortunately, never coming back. R.I.P. Yeah. Rest in purgatory, Paul Walker. I think I've ever seen Paul Walker in anything else uh, except for Fast and Furious. So me um, either. Um. You know what though? Fast and Furious one, great movie. Yeah, great movie, uh, and and Fast Five, I think also. I like them, man. I mean, they're they're corny. They're not they're not oh, yeah. necessarily good. I actually um, like Too Fast, Too Furious, just because it is very much a of that era film. Like that is eh. such an extremely early two thousands movie. Yeah, I mean, the first Fast and Furious, same way, man. Like that doesn't yeah. that is it feels like that sort of two thousands era. Movie. yeah there's there's almost something to appreciate about how quaint the first fast and the furious is when you've yeah, been, sure. like taken in everything else that that series has become and they're they're like car thieves in the beginning or whatever like minor oh, yeah. thieves and then all of a sudden they're like saving the world for no good reason like i don't know when that when yeah, that happened like the big yeah. thing was oh this dude is hanging off the side of a semi truck this is crazy and now it's oh those cars are fucking flying dude what the fuck i i got the george to watch it missile. I, I got him to watch it by saying, like, yeah, you know that series that you thought was about car racing? Well, in this new one, uh, they're stopping a nuclear sub from launching in Alaska. <laughs> no good reason. That just yeah. Now that's your job, Vincent Diesel. Yeah. I think they even, like, outright say it's, like, vehicular warfare is their whole thing now, which is just fantastic. I just love Just, like, it. Twisted Metal. Yes. It's Twisted Metal by way of Metal Gear Solid actually and i love everything about that the world will be my battleground <laughs> i want calypso to appear in a fast and furious movie you want vin diesel to just shout calypso <laughs> calypso what oh no it'd be like calypso what have you done what have you done 
so, but yes, um, Mission Impossible 2 can be skipped entirely because the first one at least introduces Ving Rhames, who will then show up a bunch. Uh, nobody from 2 ever appears again. Uh, then 3... Is Ving Rhames in 2? He's not in 2? He... Yes, he is briefly. Very briefly, like at the end. Because uh, I think that's when where he like almost gets his jacket caught on something that's about to explode or that might be three um i remember he's in a helicopter other than tom cruise that's in all of them is that right is that accurate yes i think so but then three at least introduces uh, simon Pegg, who is in it for like two scenes um and continues through the series yes and michelle monaghan as julia his uh, wife uh, who then also recurs uh Appears briefly at the end of four spoilers, uh, even though she is said to be dead, but it was just a cover because, of course, and then of course she comes back in Fallout. Uh, but <clears throat> three, it, I found three pretty enjoyable, even though I wouldn't necessarily say it's good, but it's elevated a lot by the cast. You've got Philip Seymour Hoffman as the bad guy, always fantastic. It's so good. God, it's so where he um he talks to tom cruise uh god i cannot remember what he says in that scene but it is so good one of them is tied up maybe he's tied up um and it is so good my god what a great actor that's like the opening of the movie it's a weird decision i thought because it opens with tom cruise being tied up and it's just like philip seymour huffman going like i put a bomb in your brain or whatever just, just chewing scenery though i love it yeah yeah and he's going to shoot julia and uh, I I would have preferred if they had like started with another, like what they normally do, where it's an unrelated mission or something that sort of segues into it. Action teaser kind of feel. Yeah, because uh, I kind of think it would work better if at first you sort of think he's just like this regular arms dealer dope, and then you find out just how bad he is. Um, sure. But yeah, that that one's okay. Uh, you also have like Maggie Q as part of the team, which is nice. I always appreciate whenever Maggie Q shows up in something. Um, and then yeah, it, it introduces Julia, which keeps going throughout the series. So that one is fairly important. Um, and then of course Ghost Protocol, I had not watched since it came out, and that's still hugely enjoyable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, and and I think all of those. Ghost Protocol, Rogue Nation, when they stopped, because uh, now you don't do numbers no. for sequels anymore. That's not allowed. Um, but yeah, Ghost Protocol, Rogue Nation, uh, and Fallout, <coughs> all that's really, really great as far as action movies go. I think it's Mission Impossible has become, you know, one of the best action series um, being made. It's like that and, and John Wick, which has gotten progressively worse. <laughs> well, I'd say two is the peak. I did not yeah. like three much. I really yeah, like not it. great. I still like yeah, three, dude... except for the Howie Berry scenes. Like, I I think that whole sequence just really, really dragged on. Yeah, it's totally unnecessary. I think. Yeah, uh, I think especially when they like go to the dude's place and they're just like chatting on the roof, and then he he shoots her dog or whatever, and it's just like, well, this is why are we doing this? You know what I mean? Like, and then it doesn't feel like anything happens. Like he. he I think what is he beats the dude up and shoots him in the leg or something, and then yeah. finds out where the, where the dude he wants is, and it's like this really yeah. vague instruction. And so, what do you, what did we gain here? I guess we gain an action scene. 
it feels like they're setting Halle Berry's character up for some sort of potential spinoff thing, which the last time that happened with Halle Berry in an action franchise <laughs> didn't go so well. Yeah, no, that, uh, yeah, that didn't turn out. Uh, but yeah, yeah, the thing I didn't like about John Wick 3 was that it was weirdly repetitive. Like, for a franchise that's supposed to be about, you know, quick-moving action, it's just like, well, okay. He hits the horse, and it smacks the dude in the head, and that's cool. And then he does, he does it, like, it. two more times. Yeah, yeah. totally. Uh, yeah, ridiculous. Oh, but the whole, the whole like, pawn shop action scene was really cool. I really yeah. liked it. Yeah, yeah. The, the thing that upset me about that was when he, when he builds the gun, um, it's such a cool scene, and then they use, like, that old-timey Western gunshot sound when he, <laughs> when he fires it. And then he just drops the gun and runs. Yeah. Like, dude, you, you just you just built the gun. There's there's you got ammo. Like, put it in your pocket, bro. Like, you've got a gun now. Yeah, and I, I'm not really, I, you know, it was so that he could do, uh, you know, the horse action scene and not have a gun, mm-hmm. right? Uh, they needed him to to do that. And that's that's the one where the Iron Chef guy is the bad guy, right? The chairman. Yes. Yeah, chairman of uh, the later inferior Iron Chef ones. Uh, and again, what? that's another thing where it's just like at the end they fight and it's in the place with all the mirrors, which is just like the end of two. It's weird. And two, he he the character of like the Iron Chef guy, like they were trying to make him like, oh, I respect John Wick even though I have to kill him. And there's that scene where they're sitting on the couch together, and it is bizarro, bud. Like it's really hard <laughs> to take seriously after that because yeah. he's such a goofball. Yeah. in that scene and it's not like one of these things where like i respect you john wick but i've got to do my job it's like he nerds out like he really goobs out over it and, and it's really hard to take him seriously then um yeah the way like to, a serious the way to do that right was what they did with common in two you know yeah that was great yeah consider it a and professional they courtesy die right he gets stuck with a knife and they're like if you pull that out you're gonna die but he's not dead yeah right like theoretically common is still alive like he went and got his the knife pulled out somewhere and they and they patched him up right yes um that's what i I think that absolutely happened and he ought to be in another john wick movie he was great Mm -hmm. look john wick 3 had more larry fish and lance riddick and it's good in my book for that reason alone oh lawrence in those movies is off the wall absolutely off the wall i love it Twelve million dollars, yeah, twelve great. rounds. That's a million dollars a round, baby. <laughs> it's great, great stuff. Uh, yes, I have watched on Wick two. No good reason. What's that? Jason Mansukis is in the third one. Yes, and, yes. Oh God, right. He's and he what is he the TikTok TikTok man or something like that they call him. Yeah, yeah. Where he's just like undercover as a hobo at first. All of Lawrence Fishburne's guys are yeah. undercover as hobos, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Ah, uh, the Zooks. Yeah. So, I lie, Larry, I did watch a movie this week. Oh, what? Uh, remember the Power Rangers movie from the mid-90s? Oh, I'm boy. So what you're about to talk about. <laughs> yes, I remember. Ivan Ooze. <laughs> I'm not sure there's much to say about that thing, actually, other than, boy, Ivan Ooze is a really good villain. <laughs> and, man, the CG in that movie does not hold up at all. You don't say. And, uh, somebody posted a thing with the Ninja Turtles logo, and it said Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and now I don't remember the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers theme, because it now is just the Ninja Turtles theme. So go, it's... go, Power Rangers. I want to say Mighty that... Morphin Power Rangers, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Oh, like no. that. 
That's it. Put that in your brain, pal. So like when I suggested to Larry do host but sung with Gul Dukat's name. Gul <laughs> Dukat. Yeah. It, yeah. I, that has not left my brain since. It works. Speaking yeah. of, uh, I also watched the original Ninja Turtles movie. Holds up. Very good movie. Yeah. yeah, that movie's great. Yeah. This is, I'm sure, because I keep referencing the Raphael goes, damn! <laughs> I'll say, so I saw that movie, the, the first time I saw that movie, I was probably, I don't know, eight or nine years old. And um, not because it just came out, by the way. I did not, I was not eight or nine years old, 1990 or whatever, whenever it came out. But um, I have seen that movie, I'm going to go ahead and say maybe 25 or 30 times. Um, I wore out the VHS tape for that, bud. And nice. um, I now, I can tell you so much just absolute bullshit trivia about the first Ninja Turtles movie. <laughs> All right, hit me. I mean, like, okay, so uh, every single turtle is seen uh, outside of their costume at a point in the movie. Uh, so Leonardo is the thug at the end of the movie, uh, or one of the thugs at the end of the movie. Um, Donatello not Sam is a Rockwell. foot soldier. No, not Sam Rockwell. No, okay. In no. Sam Rockwell's first real role, absolutely love that too. Check out the East Warehouse on Laredman Island if you want answers. Um, the uh, so Leonardo is one of the thugs at the end. Donatello is a foot soldier, uh, the one that slaps April. Um, so you don't see his face. Um, Raphael is the cab driver in the cab that Raphael rolls over. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it looked like a big turtle in a trench coat. Anyway, you go into Laguardia, right? right? That's right. That's Raphael, and then um, huh. Michelangelo is the pizza delivery guy. So the pizza delivery guy that talks to Michelangelo is the guy in the Michelangelo costume. Huh. I did scene not also know that. Scene also features uh, an Ninja Turtle with a human arm. Um, Donatello is skateboarding uh, up to Michelangelo, who is waiting for his pizza, and he does like a little, a little skateboard move. I don't know. I don't know what they call skateboard moves, but he reaches down and touches the board. And it's a human arm because the guy on the skateboard did not have Ninja Turtle arms on. So there's a human arm in Great. the Ninja Turtle movie. Um, and yeah, I love that movie. Uh, and I love Raphael because Raphael was the one that said, damn, more than once. Yeah, a lot. And I was actually. like, oh my God, like nine year old. He was like, oh, he's such a, such a badass, that guy. He was the shadow of the hedgehog of his time. Yeah. And then like they, um, all the the bad guys that are like not quite foot soldiers yet you know what i mean like the all the like goofball kid criminals like they go to their like secret base and it's all like arcade machines and like skateboard ramps oh, and yeah. oh it's amazing There's and then they're the walking down the base yeah they're walking down the stairs and uh it's sam rockwell and he's introducing the, the guy to the place and he's like oh you do what you want you say what you want whatever and the guy's got any cigarettes and he's like regular, regular or, or menthol, menthol. and i'm just like that's so stupid now that's <laughs> such a stupid thing it's like oh man he's got cigarettes oh my god like, yeah real bad guys yeah i love that it's like, no, it's like this is underground punk culture they're playing narc and skateboarding and they like always oh, this guy's got a poker table and he's got a cigar what a bad guy yeah it's a real <laughs> island of lost boys thing except they're also all ninjas yeah, yeah that's al right and also I just love that it's like, you know, an ancient Japanese clan with, I guess, is Shredder supposed to be immortal in this version? I forget. Uh, I, I, I'm kind of unclear on that. Like, I, the thing I want to say that they, remember that CG Ninja Turtles movie? Yeah. I want That's to say they claimed that was part of the same continuity. 
And think... they had mentioned, like, Karai at the end mentions that Shredder is still alive. He, well, well, he's alive at the end of Secret of the Ooze. Yeah. Right? I mean, he busts out of the the, uh, the ground or whatever, he, like, drops oh, his arm. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Shredder's definitely alive at, have... at the end of Secret of the but, but I have I not mean, seen like... Secret of the Ooze as much. Also, uh, real quick, I tried to watch Ninja Turtles just last week, uh, pulled the case off my shelf. The disc is not inside of it. So, oh, no. Yeah, that was hey, very depressing. A fun piece of, of Ninja Turtles trivia is uh, you'll note if you ever go back and watch Secret of the Ooze, they never use their weapons um, at yeah. all. None of them yeah. do. And most of them, I don't think they ever even draw their weapons. Uh, because uh, moms out there, what would be Facebook moms now, uh, got all up in arms about, oh, the movie was too violent. And I was like, well, did you ever, did, did you ever read the Ninja Turtle comics? Like, you really are. Oh, yeah. Look at those. If you think, uh, if you think the first Ninja Turtles movie is violent, um, it's not compared to the um, actual comic books. But yeah, so they wanted, you know, they wanted this family friendly thing then, right? They were trying to um, sell yeah. merch. And so they were like, nope, they never draw their weapons. Yeah, they also um, had those those issues with the uh the uk where they had to rename them uh teenage mutant hero turtles because ninja yeah. was objectionable and nunchucks Ooh. specifically could not be used in like uh media in the uk so yeah. like michelangelo's was changed to something else they, they can't use nunchucks yeah yeah it was something about, about like, sleep movies and stuff i, I guess i just don't see them I, I think it was something that happened at the time. I don't remember all the details of it, but I do know that like nunchucks had become kind of like banned. Uh, that's what socialism gets you. That's life and social. That's right. Socialism <laughs> kills. No <laughs> nunchucks. Uh, happy. I actually bought the original Mirage uh, collected editions of Turtles. I want to say like a couple of years ago, and it was really like I had never read them before. Had, like first issue. Uh, and it was actually really neat just kind of seeing what exactly they pulled from the comics and put into that first movie, like the stuff with going to the ranch, uh, burning down like the antique store and like the whole fight that occurred within that, like one of the turtles getting injured in it. That's one of the best parts of that movie. And it's weird, you know, to go in and say, oh, this is a kid's movie. And it gets, it gets very serious and very sort of melancholy um in that section and I, I think it's really it's really good it's a really yeah. really good movie. and the comic books uh don't they kill shredder in episode or in the comic um book one yeah. the first yeah. one uh, yeah the first one they kill him but then when the, the whole thing goes down at the antiques it is because shredder is actually still alive uh okay. and there's some business about like oh god it's so weird it's like worms fed off of shredder's carcass and then mutated into like imperfect copies of shredder but then like one perfect copy arose from that so there's like these three severely deformed shredders that they also have to fight it's okay. bizarre kind of reminds me of a blade of the immortal and i wonder if eastman and laird just oh, had probably. read that i don't know if that predates yeah. it or not from other comics almost like as a joke right wasn't the big oh, yeah. thing like yeah. like and and so they called it the foot yep Yep. yep. Was... Uh, also, Daredevil, like the same accident that blinded uh, him, is what created the turtle. Yeah. Yeah. They um. But uh, I I especially appreciate how at the end of that movie they knock Shredder off the building, and then Casey Jones is just like, "Well, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna do a murder." <laughs> right. He also plays it off. He also plays it off. Just goes, "Whoops!" and yeah, then flips the switch. <laughs> 
Oh, that's how Casey Jones murders a man by saying whoops and then doing it. You know what that means, though? Casey Jones has definitely murdered people before, right? Oh, like, absolutely. Casey Jones oh, yeah. yeah, he was oh, just yeah. like Bernie Getzing people, but with hockey sticks in the park. That's right. Just beating the shit out of somebody with a cricket bat. Yeah. And just watching the life go out of their eyes up close. <laughs> that's an up close I... weapon. I badly need to get that NECA two-pack of Casey Jones and damn variant Raphael. Yeah, they're putting out a, a two-pack that has Raphael with the trench coat and hat. Yeah. But, Surprisingly, uh, haven't I love that already. he just goes to, a movie, goes to a movie like that, as if nobody at the ticket booth is going to notice that he's a goddamn turtle. He's also yeah. just sitting outside the news station or whatever, like watching April leave, and nobody yeah. seems to yeah. notice. Even when uh, Casey knocks his hat off, what? That's that's you're wearing a trench coat and a hat. Yeah. How would anybody notice you? Well, that's a right? good point. Even when his down low. Even when his hat. It's just like <laughs> it's like when Bugs Bunny dresses up like a lady. Like no one can figure it out. They just get oh, real what horny. Is lady. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's funny. I never knew it. You know, even when his hat comes off and Casey sees him, he's just like, wait, a bald punker wearing green makeup. Like, yeah. come on, dude. Yeah. Also, I'm sure Thomas so, knows this uh, since he repository of Ninja Turtles trivia, but uh, the movie that Raphael went to see was Critters. Well, yeah, of course. That's right. That's right. Big old poster outside the theater. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Casey Jones, also an idiot then, right? Casey Jones, idiot and murderer. That's what we know about him. He probably would have murdered Raphael. Guys, if he'd gotten away with it, I think he would have murdered him. I probably. Think, I think if Raphael out of that trash can casey jones was about to just go ham on it oh yeah what, what if casey jones is just too dumb to feel remorse like what if like death just doesn't kind of register to him absolutely yeah he's got some sort of crazy you know like some sort of like yeah. weird mental illness thing where he just feels like no no it's fine i guess it's just yeah. a sociopath isn't it he's just, no he's just like a dog though like he doesn't really understand what's <laughs> yeah. happening or what he's doing uh, I mean, also should be noted, though, that because Shredder is in Secret of the Ooze, that Casey Jones did, in fact, not do a murder. He well, did a attempted murder, yes. which is still really bad, but... Technically, yes. When he saw that switch, he was like, I'm gonna murder. Here we go, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and then walked away knowing. He walked away knowing that he'd just killed a man and yeah. gave a kiss to April O'Neil like nothing happened. And everyone yeah, watched it. good about it. Do you think she watched? Do you think she watched and knew that he murdered the guy? Yes. Oh, definitely. She was totally cool with it. I mean, you know, Splinter was right, though. He died with no honor, just crushed in a trash compactor. Yeah. Or did. That scene rules, too. Yeah. Splinter. Yeah. Very good. Terrible rat costume. Doesn't matter. No. Actually, you know what? It was pretty good. I'm backing up on that. Costume was okay. Mm. He was very sort of ragdoll the end of it right like when they were carrying him around there's very clearly not like a person in it i think yeah um or rich looked looked sort of limp um and there's a few times where like he doesn't move a lot and i, I think that's because of the costume I like, he doesn't think... he really doesn't move at all though. no i don't think he looks good when he's like captured in shredder's face and sometimes he's like he's like thin like he's flat looking yeah. uh last order of business last thing i watched with just last night Batman 1989, baby. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Uh, I have not watched it in a the very long Joker time. Origin, yeah. 
it's I had forgotten that when they show the flashback of him killing the Waynes, it's just a different actor. And like yep. at first it's hard to tell is like is that supposed to be Jack Napier? Until oh, like some then, they have to put lot. Yeah, he says the dance with the devil in the pale moonlight, but also they have someone off screen say, Hey Jack, come on you know, just just so you know. <laughs> Hey, Jack yeah. Napier, Jack Napier, who later becomes the Joker. Come on, we got to get out of here. <laughs> hey, that's exactly right. Yeah. You dropped all these playing cards in the alley. We don't got time to pick them up. Yeah. You sure do bear a strong resemblance to Jack Nicholson. <laughs> Not Jack, really. you're my best friend, and I hope that you never get in some sort of chemical based accident. <laughs> uh, but I-, I had forgotten just how weird Jack Nicholson Joker is, like how he just keeps making weird noises. For most of that movie, yeah, uh, like he's bizarro. It's wonderful that part where, um, oh, what is it? When he first gets the, when he becomes Jokerified, and he's just kind of like, uh-huh, uh-huh, ooh, 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 ooh. Yeah, <laughs> he just keeps doing that. It's oh, it's weird. I love it though. Great, yeah. it's fantastic. It's a, I, I like it anyway. I like the scene where they where he's got all the balloons full of the Joker gas, and Batman's flying in with the the bat wings. He's got to cut all the strings, and he just reaches into his pocket and pulls out a gun that's like, yeah. like fifteen, sixteen inches long, and just starts firing it as if a gun with a barrel that long is going to shoot it way up into the sky. Um, <laughs> I love it. He hits it. He hits the bat wing, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Well, he he does swoop in pretty low, and he like does kind of steady it up. And I do appreciate also that he like makes it look like it has a lot of kick to it. At least, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But I also uh, like though that he just like it's a retractable barrel too, so you just like push it in. Yeah, and then it's a regular gun. Uh, that and also um, with Bob, where he's just like, "Here, give me your gun," and then just shoots him with it. Yeah, <laughs> love it. Uh, yeah, that movie, man, Knox really sucks in a way yeah. that I had forgotten yeah. about. Uh, the reporter guy, he is obnoxious. Oh, yeah. And uh, also too little of Billy D. Williams. Yes. Yeah, very, very uh, brief. Who, for being set up as Two-Face, does not appear at all in Batman Returns, to no, my knowledge. But they got no. him to voice Two-Face in Lego Batman. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's cool. Now he finally got his chance to do it. Uh Batman Returns. Uh, speaking of uh, Batman villains making weird noises, that's just Danny DeVito. That that whole movie. Yes, so I have not watched that yet. I was going to watch that tonight. Oh, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. What's that? Returns. Okay. It's not like you're seeing it for the first time. Oh no, no, I've seen it before, but it's been a while. Uh, yeah. But yeah, also, just that first Batman movie is wild to see the way Batman moves in it. Like he just kind of walks around. He, and he, he doesn't have that first costume. He couldn't turn his head. So he turns right. his whole body. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he couldn't turn his head in any of the movies until uh, The Dark Knight, I think. Yep. That I, was the first one. Uh, it's so bad, too. Because you think about... I think Dark Knight was the first one where it felt like Batman was, like, more threatening, mm-hmm, I guess, yeah. right? Because he felt like, like he could move. Like, he could chase somebody and do a ninja kick or whatever, and yeah, the previous Batman movies, he was he's very yeah. static. As Batman Begins has a lot of really aggressive uh, shaky cam to hide to the fact that that suit is also very stiff. I, mean, uh, the, the I first... remember them making a big 
deal uh-huh. in the dark knight about like oh the head actually can move around now and then the thing that bothered me was they then sealed the space over his nostrils so his head could move but he's breathing through his mouth the entire movie that's right and and just randomly turning his head all the time i don't know if you remember that twisting his head around like a maniac yeah sure yeah no he's jazzed about it he can uh, finally move around just when he talks to people looking up and down saying yes and no very emphatically <laughs> that's right <laughs> Yeah, they um, yes, absolutely up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. I mean, Batman Begins did have a lot of the quick cuts and everything, but so did '89. Like every time he was fighting yeah. someone, it would just sort of cut to the person and then a leg coming in from off camera to kick them, because he so could not really move in that. Good, um, there's a really good. I, I'm sure you've seen like all the every frame of painting. Um, the uh, he did one about is actually about Jackie Chan, but it's about action movies and like how the difference between a U.S. action movie and, like, a Hong Kong action movie um, and how fight scenes work in them. Um, And I think that's a really good example because they talk a lot, he talks a lot about um, how in in U.S. action movies there's frequently a cut at contact. So, like, as soon as a foot hits somebody or a punch hits somebody, there's a cut. Mm -hmm. um, And it's a reverse, right? So they'll cut from punch coming in to reaction to the punch, but they do it right at the point of contact, which, like, lessens the impact of that um whereas like in in a lot of hong kong action movies they don't cut they they show the contact and then they cut to the reverse and they technically show the contact again so it's like a split second like a frame or two of the the punch coming in a second time even even though you already saw the contact um so it's really good if you, if you haven't haven't watched every frame of painting um it's a really good really good series on on movies and the jackie chan one in particular i have not uh, seen that, shows that but that sounds interesting yeah check it out yeah yeah he's he's a good dude he stopped making he only made like eight or ten maybe and then quit making them which sucks because he's a really smart guy yeah uh yes i actually speak of jackie chan i do have police story one and two here ready for viewing which i will probably also do in the near future uh i have not seen two i have seen the first one i've also not seen two i don't uh i don't think it's streaming right now they they do this weird thing where like a lot of Jackie Chan movies get have been like renamed. Yeah. Um, so they get renamed for like American release. And so I, I'm going through and I'm like, okay, this is this is Project A, but Project A, I think two has a different name. Um, and and so it's like, well, I don't know that this is the sequel. And I have to end up looking them all up to be like, which which movie is this, right? Yeah. Um and it, it's fine, it's just a hassle. I have a a six film set Jackie Chan collection on Blu-ray. All six of these movies are on one disc, so you know they're really good quality. Uh, this has Operation Condor, Operation Condor Two, Project A, Project A Two, Supercop, and Twin Dragons. So at least they call Project A Two just Project A Two. There. I really think it's named something different. For Mary. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not Project A. Maybe it's some of the other ones, but it could um, be. Like all of those some of them yeah. had like three different titles or something. Yeah. Well, I can I can recommend uh, you know, pretty highly most of those. I've I've seen uh basically every Jackie Chan movie, I think. Most Especially anyway. the Tuxedo. Yeah, check it out. Tuxedo. <laughs> I love it. Why not? It's so stupid. The medallion. No, what's the other one? The medallion? Yeah. Yeah. Also also from a weird era of Jackie Chan movies. Oh man, you know what? I watched um I watched the Rush Hour movies recently. Like I watched all three. Oh. And um 
Yeah, and so like the first two are pretty good. Um, Rush Hour three made me really uncomfortable because like first of all, it's it's directed by uh, Brett Ratner, right? <sighs> Great, uh, Oliver Park, and he's uh, not a not a good man. He's done some really really horrible stuff, right? Wait, whoa, and wait a second, Brett Ratner. Brian Singer. Are you thinking Brian Singer? And he's gotten accused of like a ton of stuff. Okay. Um, I didn't know Brett Ratner did too. <laughs> yeah, he sure did. But what makes me super uncomfortable about it, so I know that about it, right? I know that about it. And I'm watching the movie and Chris Tucker looks terrible in it. Um, he is like bloated and old. He looks so bad. I don't buy any of the action scenes. And then they go to France in the movie. And when they get to France, they get hassled uh, by like a cop when they get there. And the cop is played by Roman Polanski. Oh, and... no. Oh, no. <laughs> what are we doing, bud? Like, what are God. we doing? The, the um, next wow. thing I know, you're going to tell me that the Jeepers Creepers director has like a cameo <laughs> walk on in this thing. I, when I saw it, I was like, that can't be. Is that Roman Polanski? That can't be Roman Polanski. And it sure is, bud. That is definitely Roman Polanski. Rush um, Hour 3, a Louis C.K.'s first on-screen role. <laughs> would not surprise me. Don't, yeah. don't watch Rush Hour 3, guys. Don't. It's Not only is it not good, but like it is astonishing uh, that that happened. I could not believe it. Wow. Jesus. Yeah, I haven't seen any of those since they came out. Uh, I do not really hold them in high regard either, unlike George, who loves them. Oh, the I'm first... a huge fan of Rush Hour 2. Great. Actually, I'm look. We had a very limited DVD selection when I lived. I watched a lot of Rush Hour Two and Dodgeball, uh, so I have like some nostalgia for those. But I don't think they're actually good movies. Dodgeball's all right. It's been a while, but uh, yeah, I'm I, I'm sorry I didn't watch any movies this power other than Power Rangers, which there's not much to say about. But uh, I did set out some movies for this next week. Uh, Tokyo Diamond Guys. I'm probably going to dig into that. Yeah, uh, well, that's like three movies. Oh, I know, but I'm just saying, like, I don't remember the names of. Yeah. In that, off the top of my head, um, I got that uh without honor uh set that I need to actually open up and get into as well. Uh, and then Zadoichi, I'm going to try to get through, like at least start on the last ten of those. Uh, it's taken me with like all of them, and they yeah. Are watch the first two maybe um but they're really good love them yeah they, i i like them a lot but i'm also just like i have a very hard time making my way through that set for some reason i mean they're uh, formulaic so you know it, yeah it's like zadwichi comes in someone has a problem he cuts up some dudes and he leaves yes with a sword yeah, yeah. there there's one of them i really like because the premise of it is zadwichi has become of his formula and is fucking done with it so like every time someone comes out they're like i got a problem he's like i don't care like, <laughs> not my problem yeah and so like by the end of the movie he somehow gets roped into something anyway because of course and he is the most pissed that zadoichi has ever been in any of those movies and that is maybe most murderers right. uh but yeah that box set is really well put together though like just the, the art on it is gorgeous uh, i really like that the book that they include with it too like has a different art piece by a, a different artist for each one of the movies yeah i need to get that giant godzilla set they put out because that also oh, yeah. has a bunch of great art in it uh even though i'm not necessarily caring too much about the godzilla movies but i think a little pricey for me 
for for what it is. I mean, it looks beautiful, mm-hmm. but uh, as I recall, it was it was pretty pricey. Yeah, that's why you only buy Criterion movies when they're half off, and even yeah, then, right. they're a bit too that, much. The <laughs> only the only collection that I've kind of sunk my money into recently was the uh, I'm blanking on his name now. The guy who did Tetsuo Iron Man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Help me out not, here, Larry. Not, not Fukusaku. That's uh, the uh, Battles Without Honor Humanity. Um, Shinya. Shinya something. Yeah. Anyway, that guy uh, who did Tetsuo Iron Man, a movie that I love a whole lot. Uh, and I've not seen anything else he's done outside of. Did he do Bullet Man or did that? Was that a different person? I can't can't remember that either. Bullet I, I Man. I think he did. Not good. Bullet Man is bad. No, but uh, Tokyo but Fist. I, that's a great movie. Uh, so I've been told. Uh, I can't wait to find out. I've not seen anything else that he's done really, and uh, I'm I'm very very curious because I love the Iron Man a whole lot. Yeah. Like at the end when Tetsuo Iron Man just looks in the camera and says, "I am Tetsuo Iron Man." Yeah, I really like in a Tetsuo Iron Man 2 when Sam Rockwell is dancing. Yeah, see, so yeah, I haven't seen the middle one, so I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, you might be telling the truth. I got no idea. Shinya Tsukamoto. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But anyway, yeah, I, I got some stuff on my on my plate to uh, to watch. I'm I'm thinking maybe I should take a take take a break from Deep Space Nine for a while. Yes, please do, because you're almost caught up to where I am. <laughs> Yeah, the uh, the traditional method of uh, of choosing movies for the week, which is um, spending forty five minutes um, digging through every single streaming service that I have uh, before settling a mo- on a movie that I've seen a hundred times. Um, so I watched uh, Escape from New York this week as well, which is I love every John Carpenter movie. Absolutely. So. How do you feel about Escape from L.A.? Actually, uh, and it's great for a totally different reason, which is that um, John Carpenter did not want to make it. Um, and so made it as corny and terrible as he could. Yep. And I love that about it. I love the story behind it. Uh, and so when I watch uh, Snake Plissken uh, inexplicably surfing next to a road. <laughs> and then Steve uh, Buscemi in a car next to him. Yeah. Steve Buscemi riding along in the car next to him as if this is a thing that could even happen anywhere. Um, and it's so corny and it's so terrible. Uh, and I love it. It's, yes. I mean, Escape from New York is a good movie. Escape from L.A. is not. But yeah. it has, um, it brings me joy. I mean, in some sense. Uh, I know what George is going to say, and it's probably the same yeah. thing I'm going to say, is that it's like a companion piece to Gremlins 2, the new batch. Yep. 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 Kind of idea, right? Did not want to do this. Yeah. Great results in both cases. Yeah. I mean, I think that in the Escape case, I like New York better than I do LA. I think that's very enjoyable yeah. movies, as you said, for different reasons. Uh, but Gremlins 2, I think I like above and beyond uh, the first Gremlins, which I still like the first Gremlins a whole lot also, but man, Gremlins 2 has a vegetable Gremlin in it. So I think yep. you're, you're going to find that that is not a common opinion. That, that you, you <laughs> oh, no, definitely not. Or, or any very... We're big G2 boosters here. So. Yes, there is a... I, I work in an office environment. There are a lot of whiteboards and that as kind of a, we have fun here sort of thing. They put up questions uh, weekly on there. And anytime it's a movie-related thing, like, what's your favorite sequel? What's your favorite horror movie? I will always write as big as I can Gremlins 2, the new batch. <laughs> I like that you're hitting the subtitle, too, and not just writing Gremlins 2. You gotta, gotta include I'm, the sub. I'm very respectful of Gremlins 2, the new batch. 
Yeah, we're they, also they stopped, doing, they stopped doing numbers on sequels. Uh, they ought to have just called it Gremlins: A New Batch. Why not? Why not just Gremlins: A New Batch? I guess at the time numbers were traditional, but they doubled down numbers and yeah. subtitle. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, all right. This was a long one, um, yeah. but thank you to Thomas for joining us. It's been fun. Yeah, I'm glad glad to uh, have been invited. Glad to have been here. It's it's uh it's been good. Uh huh. Yeah, nice having here. And until next time. Oh, am I supposed to do the thing? Yes. From the Mario movie? Yeah, that's right. Can we just talk about the Mario movie for the next 20 minutes? <laughs> no, we have to go. Ah, <laughs> oh, goodbye, dinosaur. Thank you. Yeah. On the half shell, they're the heroes for In this day and age, who could ask for more? The crime wave is high, with muggings mysterious All police and detectives are furious Cause they can't find the source Of this lethally evil force This is serious, so give me a quarter I was a witness, get me a reporter Call April O'Neil in on this case Hey, you better hurry up, there's no time to waste We need help, like quick, all the double Have pity on the city, man, it's in trouble We need heroes like the Lone Ranger When Tonto came pronto, when there was danger They didn't say we'd be there in half an hour Cause they displayed turtle power Oops!